0: Again, with Borderlands Cooperative.
1: Join us for critical conversations about things that matter.
0: Every Friday at 10 a.m. on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your dial,
1: and on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3CR.org.au.
0: So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics,
1: politics,
0: education, health. Climate.
1: And what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 148th programme of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for the last 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet.
0: And I'm Jennifer Burrell.
1: Today we're talking again about the war in Ukraine, what has really been happening that led to this war, And what role has the West played in Mm. all of this?
0: Yeah, we want to provide some counterbalance to the shamefully one-sided story given by our mainstream media.
1: Well, regular listeners to our Think Again programs will have noticed that war has become a recurring theme, unfortunately, in our conversations since October last year. There were eight programs in which we discussed issues and events like the AUKUS Alliance, aimed at reigning in China's presumed desire to extend its influence. We talked about the invasion of military references in our classrooms and universities. Mm -hmm. We had a conversation about the growing displacement of people because of disasters and wars, and the threat of a new nuclear weapons competition between major powers. And of course, since February this year, we've been talking about the Russia-Ukraine crisis.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good Roundup, Jacques. Well,
1: good, but also pretty sad, really. Mm. And whilst the war drum seemed to become more penetrating, and we particularly deplore the extremely one-sided way in which our media keep us all profoundly uninformed and misinformed, and not just, unfortunately as well, not just the commercial media.
0: Mm. Yes, Jacques, and and also remember we criticised the simple-minded analysis of goodies and baddies or goodies versus baddies or um, what, what is supposed to pass for analysis as if that explains anything.
1: Mm, well, you remember how the media spread demonization and fear of dictator or butcher Putin
0: uh,
1: as they also did for the Chinese leader a little bit earlier. They utterly blank out any reference to the role played by the West, by us in the genesis of these tensions, conflicts and outright war, Mm -hmm. especially the role of the US, the European Union and the UK. And, of course, the role played by Australia, eager to prove again and again our loyalty to and our willful complicity with our powerful friend, the US.
0: Yeah, that's right, Jacques. But as pointed out by one expert, quote, while we can naturally deplore and condemn the russian attack it is we that is the united states france and the european union in the lead who have created the conditions for a conflict to break out unquote. so that's from jacques bourd who's a specialist on eastern countries trained in the american and british intelligence services he was policy chief for united nations peace operations and a member of swiss Strategic intelligence. Mm -hmm. So he comes with pretty good credentials. Mm. And we'll put a link to his article on our program page. But Jacques, you really have to wonder at our own media's simplistic one-sided coverage of the war in Ukraine. How could we ever understand what is going on from Mm. our own media?
1: Yeah, in some remedy for this program, we want to offer a more balanced view of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. ...of its genesis and evolution based on writings by more, let me call them, objective Mm -hmm. and informed researchers, diplomats, journalists and organizations... ...and on freely available public documents. Mm -hmm. So first of all, the broader historical context. As the Russia-Ukraine conflict became a real war in February this year, in our program of the 18th of February, we pointed at its earlier origins the 1990 collapse of the USSR and the dissolution of the Warsaw Pact. In contrast, the Western Bloc defensive alliance, the NATO, they did not disband, even if the main reason of its existence had really ceased to exist.
0: Yeah, so NATO, of course, being the military alliance between Mm -hmm. Western European states, the U.S. and Canada. And you're saying the reason for its existence shouldn't have been there with exactly. the fall of the USSR. That's correct.
1: Yeah. Whilst in 1990, when the USSR collapsed, basically, they, the West solemnly pro- promised that they would not expand NATO beyond the then, the then 16 nation members. hmm But NATO did expand to now include 30 nations, Mm -hmm. practically encircling Russia, making advances to also now make, well now, since a couple of years, make Ukraine a member. And this would obviously be, be a direct strategic threat to Russian territory. And Putin has clearly stated repeatedly that including Ukraine in NATO would pass a red line and that Russia would strongly react to such move.
0: Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be a surprise. Absolutely
1: really. not. So, and We now retrace a little bit the deepening of the conflict and the descent into open war, first by looking at the initial conflict inside of Ukraine and then later at the outbreak of the war with Russia. So first, the internal conflict in Ukraine. In February 2014, Ukrainian President Yanukovych was overthrown. The protest movement leading to that overthrow was orchestrated by the U.S. Mm. As Argentinian academic Atilio Boron documents clearly in an interview in the Argentinian newspaper El Argentina, which I translated in turn from a Flemish news sheet I subscribe to. Soon after the inauguration of the new president, the 2012 law that has made Russian... An official national language was was abolished.
0: Yeah, so I guess so. Jacques, in to, you're saying in 2012, mm-hmm. Russia was no longer Russian was no longer an official official language of mm. Ukraine.
1: Well, they had instated it in 2012 with a new law, but in, in then 14 it was abolished.
0: Mm. Mm, I see. Yeah. So then, in May, of course, 2014. There were referenda in two Russian-speaking regions of Ukraine for self-determination or autonomy, Donetsk and Lugansk, in the Don River Basin. Unlike what was reported widely in the Western press, quote, these republics were not seeking to separate from Ukraine, but to have a status of autonomy, guaranteeing them the use of the Russian language as an official language. And that's from board again. And I guess that's, mm. um, you could draw a parallel. Mm. It's like the Welsh being the official language of Wales in the UK, or, along with English. <laughs> or
1: like three languages in Belgium, which are <laughs> recognised national languages. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So
0: at the same time, the reversal of having Russian as an official language caused uproar in the Russian-speaking population in Ukraine the government responded with fierce repression in the Russian-speaking areas, militarising the conflict and committing massacres, uh, most notably in Odessa and Mariupol. So months later, um, only the self-proclaimed republics of Donetsk and Lugansk remained as autonomous regions. But the conflict between the Ukraine military and the rebels continued. Um, with the rebels being more flexible and mobile on their home turf. Mm. And while Mm -hmm. our media attributed the success of the rebels to Russian assistance, Bord says, quote, Despite allegations, weapons and military equipment were not delivered by Russia. Rather, the rebels were armed when Russian-speaking Ukrainian units defected and went to the rebel side.
1: Yes, and then later in 2014 an agreement to de-escalate the conflict was reached, known as the first Minsk agreement. This agreement included provisions for a decentralization of power, but it failed to stop the fighting. So a second Minsk agreement was reached in February 2015. Both Minsk agreements provided for autonomy of certain regions within Ukraine, rather than the independence of these republics. Mm-hmm. Or now claiming themselves republics. So according to Bord, and I quote again, Russia considered this to be an internal matter of Ukraine and was not involved in military activity related to this conflict. There were never any Russian troops in the Donbass before the 23rd, 24th of February 2022.
0: Yeah, and really, given the way that a proxy war has evidently been drummed up between the West and Russia via Ukraine, I think this is a really important point. Um, so at, at this point in time in 2015, Russia considered the conflicts to be internal matters for Ukraine and was not involved in military activity related to the conflict, yeah? Mm.
1: The Ukrainian military was in a deplorable state and it was not doing well. Depleted in numbers, with low morale and no popular support. To compensate for this, the Ukrainian government used paramilitary militias composed of foreign mercenaries, often being extreme right-wing militants, armed, financed and trained by the United States, Great Britain, Canada and France. Unbelievable. There were more than 19 nationalities even including some of the Swiss uh, as uh, board who is a Swiss mentions. Especially the two Nazi Azov the of the Neo sorry, the Neo Nazi Nazi Azov regiment which has an absolutely awful uh, reputation was involved in this uh, in the, in, the mm. in these fights against the uh, the Russian populations there leading to more than 14,000 fatalities
0: yeah. and and how incredible then mm. with all that in mind that our own media dismissively pooped the idea mm. that local Nazi right-wing militants have been involved in this conflict right. yeah. and engaged by the Ukrainian military mm. So do do our media even try to look at the facts?
1: (laughs) As Bord concludes, and I quote, Western countries have clearly created and supported Ukrainian far-right militias. In October 2021, the Jerusalem Post sounded the alarm by denouncing the Centuria project, which was about that. These militias had been operating in the Donbass since 2014 with Western support. Mm. They originated from the far-right groups that animated the Euromaidan revolution in 2014, and they are composed of fanatical and brutal individuals. The West supported and continued to arm militias, guilty of numerous crimes against civilian populations since 2014, including rape, torture and massacres those who defend human rights in the ukraine itself they have long condemned the actions of these groups Mm. but have not been supported by our governments because and that's an important concluding statement by lord because in reality we are not trying to help the ukraine but to fight russia Mm. end of quote And on that grim note, we probably will go to something inspiring. Stand Up by Blue King Brown To think again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking again about the war in Ukraine and the role of the West in generating it as a proxy war with Russia, or at least a ploy to deplete Russia as a force.
0: Mm -hmm. (coughs) So... We'll talk now about the uh, more recent outbreak of war. So moving to the more recent events in Ukraine, in 2019, President Zelensky was elected on the basis of a promise to seek peace with Russia. So that was in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that was suggested by Aaron... Mate, Mate. Mate. (laughs) But in March 2021, Zelensky sided with the US and issued a decree... For the recapture of the Crimea, Mm -hmm. with Ukraine starting to redeploy its forces to the south of the country. Uh, Several NATO exercises were conducted uh, between the Black Sea and Baltic seas, accompanied by significant increases in reconnaissance flights Mm -hmm. along the Russian border. So that's a quote, actually. Russia responded by testing the operational readiness of its troops, conducting its own military exercises, and generally signaling that it was following the evolution of the situation. Mm. So that was all in 2019.
1: And then in October 2021, in violation of the Minsk agreements, Ukraine conducted air operations in Donbass using drones, including at least one strike against the fuel depot in Donetsk. In February 2022, French President Emmanuel Macron uh, visited Vladimir Putin in Moscow, reaffirming his commitment to the Minsk agreements, a commitment he repeated to Zelensky the next day. But, as Matey confirms, yeah, the, the Ukrainians
0: still, I think they st- still refuse to that, apply the Minsk agreements. That's correct, agreements.
1: The, the Minsk agreements, yeah. apparently under pressure from the United States. Vladimir Putin noted that Macron had made empty promises and that the West was not ready to enforce the agreements, yeah. unquote.
0: Or, or not ready to keep the peace, apparently. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So then in February 2022, the US openly ramped up the conflict. To quote Board again, on the 17th of February, mm-hmm. President Joe Biden announced that Russia would attack Ukraine in the next few days. How? Oh, this is a quote, actually. Mm-hmm. So to quote Board, I'll start that again. Quote, President Joe Biden announced that Russia would attack Ukraine in the next few days. How did he know this? Mm-hmm. It is a mystery. But from the 16th, the artillery shelling of the population of Donbass by the Ukraine military increased dramatically. In fact, as early as the 16th of February, Joe Biden knew that the Ukrainians had begun shelling the civilian population of Donbass, putting Vladimir Putin in front of a difficult choice to help Donbass militarily and create an international problem or to stand by and watch the Russian-speaking people of Donbass being crushed. Unquote.
1: That's right. And on the twenty-first of February, twenty twenty-two, Putin agreed to the request of the Russian Duma Parliament, recognizing the independence of the Donbass republics, and he signed a fri- or they signed a friendship and assistance treaty with them. The Ukrainian artillery bombardment of the Donbass population continued.
0: Yeah. So that's the, that's the Ukrainian military, bombarding that's, that's its own correct. population. Right. Just to emphasize that. It did.
1: And on the 23rd of February, the two republics asked for military assistance from Russia. On the 24th, Vladimir Putin invoked Article 50, uh, 51 of the United Nations Charter which provides for mutual military assistance in the framework of a defensive alliance, which is something the United States, for example, has done repeatedly when they invaded any of the the uh, Middle East countries. According to Bord, I quote, Vladimir Putin stated the two objectives of his operation, demilitarize and denazify, denazify the Ukraine. So it is not... A question of taking over the Ukraine, or even presumably, of occupying it, and certainly not of destroying it. End of
2: quote. Mm-hmm.
0: When I was new to Melbourne, I found a footnote bomb fly on the road, I had like this fist Everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter.
1: You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radical Radio, 855 a.m. on your dial and streaming live at 3CR.org.au. Today we're talking again about Ukraine and Russia.
0: Mm. So, so far we've talked about developments leading up to the Russia-Ukraine war. So in summary, according to Board, again, the three interconnected causes have been one, expansion of NATO, which we did pretty much a whole program on. Two, Western refusal to implement the Minsk agreements to keep the peace in Ukraine. Three, allowing prolonged bombing by the Ukraine government of its own citizens in Donbass.
1: Yeah, and so that you don't believe that it's just a story invented, uh, let us now widen our scope and return to our earlier quote from Borde, and I quote again, we, the West, with the United States, France and the European Union in the lead, have created the conditions for this conflict to break out, Mm -hmm. In the already mentioned article, Atilio Boron, the Argentinian, refers to a 219 publication by the RAND Corporation, a Californian-based think tank that provides intelligence research and consultancy for the U.S. government. It presents itself as a, and I quote from their uh, website, a research organization that develops solutions to public policy challenges to help make communities throughout the world safer and more secure healthier and more prosperous. RAND is not non-profit, non-partisan and committed to the public mm. interest. Well, that's, and, what quote,
0: they, that's what they say, they say. correct.
1: Now, in the t- 2019 report, which Boron has been referring to, it, the title of it is Extending Russia, Competing from Advantageous Ground. That was a project sponsored and funded by the U.S. Army. And I will read the abstract of that 350 pages report. It's really direct and revealing. Mm -hmm. And I quote, "...the purpose of the project was to examine a range of possible means to extend Russia. By this, we mean non-violent measures that could stress Russia's military or economy or the regime's political standing at home and abroad." The steps we posit would not have either defense or deterrence as their prime purpose, although they might contribute to both. Rather, these steps are conceived of as measures that would lead Russia to compete in domains or regions where the United States has a competitive advantage, causing Russia to overextend itself militarily or economically, or causing the regime to lose domestic and or international prestige and mm, influence. Which is sort
0: of happening. <laughs>
1: this report deliberately covers a wide range of military, economic and pol- political policy options. Its recommendations are directly relevant to everything from military modernization and forced posture to economic sanctions and diplomacy. Consequently... It speaks to all the military services, other parts of U.S. government that have a hand in foreign policy and the broader, the broader foreign and defense policy audience. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we'll, that we'll is really to-
1: uh, we will be putting a link to the RAND document, the full 350 pages, which is mm-hmm. called "Extending Russia: Competing from an Advantageous Ground" on the Think Again program page. Mm-hmm. So this proposed set of strategies had certainly found its full implementation in the Ukraine-Russia eruption. Reading the document has left us both speechless. Mm -hmm. And Artilio Boron concludes his article about it. The Ukrainian people have been first abandoned and then sacrificed in the West's proxy war against Mm. Russia.
0: And Jacques, wow, I think... um Cutting through all that detail, I think it says it all, really. It certainly does. The Ukrainian people have been abandoned and sacrificed in the West's proxy war. Against Russia.
1: Our Western media and our governments aid and abet this by romanticizing the Ukraine army's resistance, even though it is in large part provided by paramilitary, neo-Nazi militias. Mm -hmm. And our media utterly misrepresent Russian attacks, sometimes even using photographs dating from the Second World War.
0: Yeah. And so with simple presentations of goodies and baddies in our media, as if if we are all living in a marvelous Comic, um, it really gets us nowhere, and 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 I say it's best described as propaganda, especially with mm-hmm. so much drumming up of war by the West, with Ukrainian citizens, evidently the pawns, the ones left to suffer in a geopolitical sociopathic game of chess. And I must say, Jacques, mm-hmm. I was gobsmacked mm-hmm. to see a game, chess pieces on a Um, chessboard, actually um, on the front um, of the Rand Corporation um, um, report. um, It's
1: unbelievable. In all of this, we are not intending to justify anything Russia, and for that matter Putin, is doing. We oppose all forms of war, Mm -hmm. and we certainly don't agree with Minister Dutton's idea that to achieve peace we need to prepare for war, Mm. but we are utterly opposed to misrepresentation and partisan misinformation in our media.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so we're coming to the end of our program um, for our community announcement today. Uh, I'd just like to announce an online forum related to um, this topic. The name of the forum is Global Repercussions, the Ukraine War, Russia and US-China. And this is on the 9th, Thursday, 19th of May at 9 a.m., But to sign up for the forum and for more information, just go to the IPAN website. That's ipan.org.au.
1: Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to comment on today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au.
0: Meanwhile stay tuned for Jailbreak which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program we have Milkumana by King Stingray.